summary of the Sikha. The days of Yud Beis Tammuz in the year 20, uh, 1927, when the Friedrich Rebbe was arrested and released, happened on Tuesday and Wednesday of Parsha Pincha. So also the birthday of the Friedrich Rebbe, which is also on Yud Beis Tammuz, but in the year Tafresh Mem, 1880. So the Friedrich Rebbe says, during the time that we read from the Torah in Parsha Pinchas, that's when I was born, and for the most part, the events of my life and also things which happen around me are alluded to, whether in a, in a more obvious way or in a more concealed way, in Parsha Pinchas. Which means that the, the Geula and also the Aveda of the Friedrich Rebbe somehow are related to Pinchas, and as we see actually, that the name Pinchas is the same numerical value as the Friedrich Rebbe's second name Yitzchok, as the Zoyer says, points out this gematria, that they have the same numerical value. And this is no ordinary gematria that somebody made up, this is brought in the Zoyer, in Torah. Also, the connection between the, uh, we see a connection between Pinchas and Yosef, and Yosef, the second, first name of the Friedrich Rebbe, because Pinchas was a descendant of Yosef, as the Pasuk says, Allah Aaron took for, as a wife from the daughters of Putiel, which the Gemara says means Pinchas, uh, sorry, Yosef. So Pinchas was a descendant of Yosef. But since the name Yitzchak of the Friedrich Rebbe is a more obvious connection, because it actually has the actual numerical value of Pinchas, and the name Yosef is more obscure because it's only a descendant and so on, it's not as obvious, so that somehow the Aveda which is represented by the Friedrich Rebbe by the name Yitzchak is more directly connected to Pinchas, whereas the name Yosef is less directly connected, as we'll explain a little later. What's the obvious connection between the Aveda of the Friedrich Rebbe and Pinchas is in the fact that what is the most noteworthy, what do we know about Pinchas, which is that he killed Zimri, who took up with a non-Jewish woman and he killed him and that's something which is what the Gemara says um, that when someone does something like that somebody who is zealous is allowed to kill him but that's not something that you would actually uh, if you came to ask a question by a rabbi you wouldn't tell him to do that it's but we do not tell people to do that not only do we not tell them to do it, but the Torah doesn't say it, doesn't say that it should be done, it just says has, he's permitted to do it. And the same happened also with the Friedrich Rebbe, that when he, was, when he had to go to war with the Soviet government. So also he did things which were, he insisted on going on a serious nefesh in such a way, which the Torah doesn't necessarily require that one should be go Mesiris Nevesh for that. There are certain things which the Torah says, one must go on Mesiris Nevesh, but these things are not that. Starting a, a Jewish school is not something that you have to be willing to give your life for that. So in other words, they both did things which are not necessarily the obvious, and it's not necessarily in the Torah that you must do so, and they both went on Mesiris Nevesh in that way, in a way that is not necessarily required. But the story of Pinchas, where he killed Zimri, that's actually found at the end of Parsha Bullock. So what's the connection to Parsha Pinchas? So this will be understood based on what the Yerushalmi says, that in regards to what Pinchas did, 
actually was not with the agreement of the Chacham and the sages of the time did not really agree with him that he should have done that in fact they even wanted to put him into excommunication for having done it what stopped them was that there was a heavenly voice that came out and said that um, the Pasuk in the Parsha that in this week's Parsha that because he did that he will have, he and his children after him, will have a covenant of kahuna forever. So in other words, the heavenly voice agreed with what Pinchas did, and therefore they, they didn't uh, put him into excommunication. In other words, we see that his uh, kanos, his mysterious nefesh, for this kanos was even greater than would be imagined. Everybody was against him. The sages of the Torah, the ones that they, they take their guidance from Torah, were against it. So his Mesiris Nefesh was not, not only a physical self-sacrifice, that he was willing to give his life, as the Gemara also says, that they wanted to kill him, but it was also a spiritual self-sacrifice. He said, even though the Torah, the sages of the Torah said that he sh- shouldn't have done it, but he went, he did it anyway. And the reason that he did it was because he saw that the Jewish people had sunk to such a low level and needed to be pulled out of that something had to be done in order to save the Jewish people from that situation so he went ahead and he did what he did and Hashem said that that's what turned my anger away from the Yidin and that's why I'm giving him this reward of kahuna for him and his children forever what is the meaning of this Mesiris Nefesh? Where does he take the Mesiris Nefesh to be able to go against it would seem what the, what the sages of the Torah said? In other words, it's something that even the Torah doesn't want, doesn't say. The reason is because there is a connection between the Neshama, the essence of the Neshama, the core essence of the Neshama of Ayid with Hashem directly, which even transcends, it goes around, over and above the Torah. There's a connection between the Yidin which supersedes their connection through Torah. So if in the connection that comes through Torah this might not have been required or shouldn't have been done, but because he had such passion for the Yidin, because they need to be connected to Hashem regardless, so therefore he did something which even the Torah doesn't say should be done just so that the Yidin should be connected to Hashem, because that's the way that came from a mysterious nefesh, which came from the core essence of his neshama, which transcends even Torah. And that's why Hashem gave him the reward. It's also something which doesn't fit with the regular rules and parameters of Torah. Kahuna goes from father to son. When Elazar became a Kayan, he had already been, his father became a Kayan, he had already been born, and therefore, since he was not appointed as a Kayan at the same time as Aaron and Elazar, therefore, he was not going to be given Kahuna, and therefore, it wouldn't go transfer down to him and his children. So Hashem said that even though I, the Torah says that Kahuna comes from the Father and your Kahuna did not come from your Father, I am doing something outside the parameters of Torah to give you that Kahuna for you and a, your children eternally, be, even though it doesn't say in the Torah, because you did something on my behalf which transcended the Torah as well. So this is already something that we find in Parsha Pinchas, that part of the story which illuminates what happened when when Pinchas went on Mesiris Nefesh and killed Zimri, the story is recorded there, but the results of it and what it means and what it led to, that's recorded in Parsha Pinchas. 
and a similar thing is found also by the Friedrich Rebbe in his arrest and what happened, what was happening around there. The kind of Messias Nefesh that he went on was so intense, was so extreme, that the many other G'dayli Yisrael at the time did not agree with that. They didn't see it as being the right thing to do. And they didn't do it. They refused to do that kind of a thing. Also, looking at the story itself, the Friedrich Rebbe went on Messias Nefesh for one thing specifically, and that is that the children have to be taught in Cheda. They have to be taught Torah. The Soviets were not so much against that rabbi should, teach, should, uh, stu- should go to shul or that there should be a mikveh. That wasn't what they were intensely against. They didn't want the children to be taught. So they would have been willing, and the Friedrich Rebbe could have been very successful in doing many things and strengthening Yiddishkeit if he would have left the children alone. And that's what they wanted. But he said, no, I'm going to sacrifice everything all the shuls and all the rabbanim and all the mailim and everything that he was doing could have been put in danger was put in danger because of what he was doing so it, if you think about it it's that he was willing to be makriv essential things of Yiddishkeit over this matter so in other words that not only was he willing to sacrifice and put his life in danger but he was putting even his life's work in danger his spiritual and everything that he had had accumulated spiritually was also put in danger because of his serious nefesh. And all of this was because the Jewish people had to be saved. They were in danger and the children are very much the, uh, the solution to the problem. If you have the children, then you'll have adults. The Rebbe points out that by Pinchas, even after he did it, it still remains a halacha which you don't teach people to do. But by the Friedrich Rebbe, when he did it, he continued to teach people that they need to do it and they should do it they should do it as well he will continue to do it and they should do it so it's a thing which is not but it became something that should be followed for the future as well now we can understand the connection between Pinchas and Yitzchak Yitzchak's as we know that the gematria of Pinchas is Yitzchak Yitzchak's mysterious nefesh was expressed in the Akedas Yitzchak that's where he expresses uh, that was his high point that was Yitzchak in his most perfect state so Yitzchak's mysterious nefesh but there was also not just that he was willing to die for this it was also endangering he was in his mind he was thinking he might, could have thought Hashem promised that Avram Avinu would be that I would be the uh, progeny of Avram Avinu and I would continue the project of Avram Avinu and what happens now if, they, if I die so then who's going to continue the whole thing everything will come to a grinding halt there will be nobody to continue Avram Avinu's uh, mission to the future and which means that there would never be a Jewish nation all this is going to come to a halt if I go on a serious nefesh to be killed by the Akedah yet he went ahead and did it didn't ask any questions did it anyway in other words not only his life but also the whole spiritual foundation of everything was also put in danger yet he didn't ask any questions so we see the connection between Yitzchak and and Pinchas as well but there is still a difference between the Avedah of Pinchas and the Avedah of the Friediger Rebbe as can be seen from the fact that, it, that Pinchas only had one name synonymous in a, some way with Yitzchak. The Friedrich Rebbe had two names, Yosef Yitzchak, which changes the dynamic of what he was doing and what he stood for. So now the Rebbe talks a little bit a Kabbalistic analysis of the name, uh, 
the name Yitzchak and the name Yosef, as we'll see. Kabbalah and Chassidus explained that the difference between Yosef and Yitzchak is that Yosef is the numerical value of three, ta- three times the name Ban. The name Ban is, uh, which is the, gemar- uh, the numerical value of 52, is a certain combination of the letters of Yud K Vav K with their Milui, which means Yud is Yud Vav Dalid and so on. But there are different spellings of Yud K Vav K, and one of them comes out to 52. Th- that is a na- shame Ban. And the name Yosef, which is the numerical value of three times 52. The name Yitzchak is four times 52. What does this mean? In simple terms, it can be explained this way. The Gemara says, that in analyzing some of the letters, the first letters of the Aleph base, Gimel Dalit stands for Gemoil Dalim. It actually sounds like the letters themselves, Gemoil Dalim, which means do kindness with the poor person. So the Gimel expresses do kindness the Dalit expresses Dal, the poor man what that means is in the act of giving stucken giving stucken to the poor man the Gimel represents the preparation the, the, poor, the man who has the man of means will take money in order to give it to the poor man what's the, what's the goal here? the goal is that the poor man should have money so the person giving he is only sort of preparing makes it possible for the poor man to have the money. When the poor man receives the money, then the act is done. In other words, the gimel is represents those things which motivate and bring to the act of what you're trying to do. The dalit represents the act itself. And this is true not only in the act of tzedakah, this is true in every act that is trying to be accomplished. Gimel represents what leads up to it. The Dalit represents the actual act as it happens. If you, if you attribute this difference to the person's uh, experience, so the Gimel which talks about the preparation which leads to the act means seichel, midas. It means you have to convince yourself intellectually that this is the right thing to do. If you do that, then emotionally you will be, you'll get a passion to, be, to do it. You'll want to do something like that. Those are two preparatory um, situations. That motivates you to gift stalker. When you give, when you do whatever you're doing, that's the act of doing it. So therefore, Gimel represents Seichel, Midas. Dalit represents Maisa, the act of, uh, of it happening talking about it in spheres in the ten spheres so the gimel represents the three um, pathways chesed on the one side gevura on the left side which has a pathway each one has a pathway and then the teferis in the center and the nine midas which culminate in yesod which is also the center on the center uh, column they all contribute to what should happen in Yisoyed? Yisoyed transfers to Malchus. Yisoyed is the Mashpia and brings the uh, whatever what happened throughout Chesed, Gvurit, Teferis, Netzach, and Hayt and brings it to Yisoyed. Yisoyed transfers it to Malchus. Malchus represents the actual act of making something happen. And this also ties in with the name Yosef in Yitzchak. We know Yosef was Yisoyed represents the Midah of Yisoyed, which means the Midah of Mashpia, 
and Yitzchak represents Malchus, which means the Makabal and the air, the world of Misa of the act actually ha- happening, taking place. If you talk about it in Avodas Adam, Nase means to do something. Nishma means. We will try to understand, we will try to motivate ourselves to, motivate ourselves to do it. Nishma represents Seichel, Midas, to be able to get to the idea of Maise, and Nasa means doing it. So therefore, to, to summarize all this, Yosef and Mashpia and Yesoid and Nishma are all synonymous. On the other hand, Yitzchak and Malchus and Maise and Dalid are all synonymous as well which now we can explain the difference between the Aveda of Pinchas and the Aveda of the Friedegger Rebbe why the Friedegger Rebbe has the name Yosef and Yitzchak whereas Pinchas only had a name which was synonymous with Yitzchak because Pinchas himself was not the, was not the leader of the generation the leader of the generation was Moshe Rabbeinu Pinchas was sent on a mission. He was like a shliach sent on a mission. One who was sent on a mission doesn't need nishma. He doesn't have to be the one to think and to decide and to motivate and to figure out what needs to be done. That's the job of the mashpia. The, the, the shliach is the one that has to carry out what has to be done. His area of the mission is maisa to get it done. And that's what Pinchas did. Of course, Pinchas did not do anything on his own, as he said himself to Moshe Rabbeinu when they were when they were they didn't know what to do. So Pinchas said, "Did you not tell us that Kanoim Pagimbay?" In other words, he took his leadership, his instruction from Moshe Rabbeinu, but he he's the one that does what has to be done, not which comes up with the idea of what should be done, and therefore he his name is connected with Yitzchak, which means getting the thing done. Whereas the Friedegger Rebbe was the Nasi Adar. So in addition to getting everything done, he also had to be the one to motivate. He also had to be the one to learn. He had to be the one to teach. He had to be the one to shape the minds of the people, to guide the people. And that's why his name needs also Yosef. He is a combination of Yosef and Yitzchak of thought, the thought process and the motivation and getting the act done Yosef and Yitzchak and the order is first Yosef because first you have to figure out what needs to be done and you have to motivate people and then it can get done then comes Yitzchak and this is a lesson to us as well the Friedrich Rebbe demanded and continues to demand of his shluchim which means every single Yid that wants to be his shliach, that you have to go out into the world and you have to have your influence on Yidin in strengthening them in Torah and Mitzvahs. And even though you may feel, and it might be true, that you're not really up to it because you haven't learned enough, you don't know enough to be able to convince someone, you don't have the words to to convince them and so on. In other words, you don't have enough Nishma, you're not enough Yosef, but it doesn't matter. You still have to go out and do it anyway. You do whatever you can. You do whatever you are able to do. It's true that you're not perfect. But you can do... You have to be busy with Nasa. Forget about the, the Nishma. That the Rebbe will take care of. And when you come to a Yid, you have to know that what should be your goal, not to try to speak, to explain, not to try to debate, not to try to philosophize. The main... Function, the main purpose of your conversation is 
Maisa Bapayil. He should do a mitzvah. She should do a mitzvah. That is the goal. In both cases, what you should do and what they should do. They're both oriented on Nasa. And this especially so at the end of Golas, when Mashiach is coming and we need to get as much done as possible. And later we'll, we'll be able to deal with the Nishma as well. In fact, the Rebbe says that because you're doing it as a mission from the Nasi Yisrael, from the Nasi, and so therefore his having accomplished the Nishma also translates into your activity since you do it as a mission of his, which means you're a shliach, an agent of his, so he, you, what you bring to the table is based on what he has, and therefore you're included in that nishma that he has as well, and not only you, but also the yid that you do a mitzvah with, also becomes influenced by the nishma, and therefore gets the credit, so to speak, of the nishma that the Rebbe offers. And through this kind of Aveda, we will be zeichet, that we will have a, the revelation of Pinchas, which is Elio, who will bring us the good news of the Geula. And what it says about Elio, that he will bring back the hearts of the fathers through the children, and the, the hearts of the children to the fathers. And this will lead to the fourth, the Geula is connected to the number four, it's the fourth Geula. It's also connected with uh, the four uh, expressions of Geula, just like by Mitzrayim, will also also affect, also refer to the Geula Asida, and there will be, as the Gemara says, four cups of punishment that Hashem will inflict on the nations that oppressed us. And, uh, and uh, contrary to that, He will give the Yidden four cups, cups of comfort, let this be speedily in our days.